your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and for episode 494, just six away from me drinking something horribly disgusting because I love all of you so much, I am one of your hosts, and I am joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, I don't think we've had quite the Canadians whiplash like we had this week going from Pittsburgh to Nashville in these two games and just two very different results. Yep. It was honestly like I was confused because I was a little bit late to uh, the Nashville game. It it was Saturday night. So I was like, Oh, I'll just, you know, start it on a delay and watch it. Um, But I turned it on and I saw that it was five zero at that point. Um, And I was like, I don't, I don't understand. I like what, what just happened, you know? And then I went and I looked at the numbers and the numbers seemed to make sense. It was a more even game than I thought it would be. It was less lopsided than I thought. Uh, and then I went back and I rewatched and it looked like Montembeau did pretty well in the first couple of uh, sec- um, periods. I keep calling them segments. Since we started doing this podcast, I'm confusing periods and segments. Um, and uh, and it looked like the Canadians were able to capitalize on Nashville not playing very well, which is what a team is supposed to do. You know, you're not always going to be facing uh, teams that are at the same caliber as you, but you have to be happy. You have to have that killer instinct that we keep talking about on the show. Um, and you have to capitalize when the other team is having a bad day or the goalie looks shaky or they're making mistakes. And that was what the Canadians were so good at in the past, in the postseason last year, that they literally have not been able to do this season except against Detroit. So I, it was good to see them do it against, uh, Nashville. The Pittsburgh game was Really miserable, though. Uh, but it's okay if the Canadians are able to take from the Nashville game some confidence and going forward, play more aggressively. And I know we've been hoping for that for the entire season that, oh, maybe they'll take some lessons from this so they'll learn how to play properly. Um, we've, that remains to be seen. Um, they haven't. They still have yet to win back-to-back games this year. Thankfully, they are off for a couple of days now. I believe they don't play until the 24th against the Capitals, I want to say. I might be wrong. But I look at this and go, the Pittsburgh game was a disaster. And we didn't really talk about it because it was our mailbag episode that day. And we had recorded prior to that with Amanda Suzuki. And that game was so bad where nothing went right. And poor Caden Primo was playing well. And then Pittsburgh just laid it on. And then Samuel Montembeau came in and kind of got lit up too. And then against Nashville, uh, Montembeau got the start, and that's no slight against Caden Primo. And he played great for 95% of the game. And then the officiating in Canadians took most of the third period off where you kind of go, they're not really going to blow a five-goal lead, are they? Like, please don't do that. They got it. Tyler Foley got the empty netter, kind of sealed the game, but it got a little too close for me. And I got to say, I look at this lineup right now and I go, the bottom six is fine. Arturi Lekin and Jake Evans, Yolar Mia, um, 
Ryan Paling, Michael Pozzetto when he's playing, and then I'm missing someone else who's down in that bottom six there, but the right pieces are playing well right now. And I know they went seven defensemen, but I saw a lot more contribution across the lineup against Nashville than I have in other games, and they need more of that. Paling scored twice in 37 seconds on two really nice goals, and that leads me to say this next thing. When Cedric Paquette comes back from injury, there is no reason that Ryan Paling should be sent down to the rocket or scratched. He's already outproducing Cedric Paquette by 300% in terms of goals on that fourth line. It's all clicking in place there right now. That's it. Literally, it's the smallest piece that you cannot move. Don't move this and you're going to be fine. And I got to say, it was nice to get a win. I was covering the rocket that night and they lost a hard fought game. It was 5-2, but... Two empty net goals make all the difference. It was every time that I pick one recap or the other for eyes on the prize, the team that I don't pick goes on to have a hell of a night. So um, if I'm ever recapping the rocket on a Saturday night, just assume the Habs are going to score six goals and have a whole lot of fun while I'm not watching. And Laura, we haven't even talked about this. Uh, Josh Anderson killed a guy like with his hands. And then another another one of his teammates decided to 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 try something with Josh Anderson as if that's a good idea. Yeah, like, did you not see what happened to Matthew Olivier? And and then you have Dante Fabro going up and starting things. I'm like, don't make Josh hit you. It doesn't go well for people when Josh hits them, though. And I, I posted this on Twitter. My my favorite part of that entire fight because I looked away to go back to the AHL game for a second, and I and I looked at my other screen a second later, and there's just everybody is hugging, and then there's Alexander Romanov basically sitting on top of Michael McCarron and they're like hugging and then McCarron like tries to get away from him. And it's just kind of like, what the hell happened in this game that everything got really stupid and Habs fans and AHL fans who watched him are going to be shocked. Michael McCarron didn't like being pushed around by somebody and started a kerfuffle. And then Josh Anderson punched a dude a whole bunch. And the I, I'm not a fan of fighting in hockey. I think it doesn't really have much of a place, and I think it's kind of stupid. But the Canadians had a giddy-up, a spark in their game on Saturday night, and I want them to harness that. Play like Pizzetta. Play with that energy, you know? If they can do more of that, I can handle losing if they play with an energy to their game. Like those games that they played against Detroit that they lost and LA that they lost, there was some spark in there, and I want them to play like that. If you put in the effort and lose a hard-fought game 4-2 or 3-2 or like 4-2 or something like that, where it's at least close and it's an empty netter that makes a difference, I'm okay with that. I can't take that 6 nothing drubbing that Pittsburgh hung on them because it was terrible to watch and it was embarrassing. It was effortless. Put in the effort. That's really all that I'm asking for. That's exactly it. And honestly, I thought that if the... First of all, those penalties, like we've talked enough about the officiating, but those were absolutely terrible penalties. The ones in which uh, um, Matt Touchane scored two goals, Uh, the penalty kill for the Canadians really needs a lot of work. I really thought that if it weren't for the penalty kill, I would have been very, very pleased, like 100% pleased with that game. Uh, They did what I wanted them to do, except for that penalty kill. And that that's something that we've talked about a lot that they need to work on. But I just can't with that officiating like those two penalties. One of them was even on the wrong guy. Like it was like, like I think it was Jeff Petrie. And then like they said, Ben Sherratt to the box. 
It was ridiculous. And then one of them was Arturi Lekinen got hit in the face with a high stick and then got called, called for holding himself. Like that is ridiculous. But either way, um, the Canadians penalty kill needs to be improved. Whether the penalties are, 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 are I'm going to call them fake because you know, you know, the word I want to use or not. Um, I just, I think the Canadians really, really need to work on their penalty kill. Well, here's the thing. We can rant more about the penalty kill because coming up in our next two segments, it is three up and three down where we give you our players on the way up and our players on the way down from the past week in Montreal Canadiens hockey. And we're going to get into that right after this. But first, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. We are back. It is the three up, three down segment. And because we are a show of positive people, we are doing the three up first. And Laura, I am very curious. We didn't discuss this at all before the show. So we're just kind of winging it right now. Who is on your three up list this week? I thought Norlinder had two solid games. I, I'm going to agree with that, and it is going to tie into my down segment, which is not an indi- which is not indicative of Matthias Norlinder. I thought he was safe. I thought he made the right plays. He did about all that I really could ask of him to do at the NHL level. I don't think he got exposed in any way. He looked there. It's clear that he needs time, and we'll get into that more, but I do think Norlinder is on my up list right now. He's in my third spot. He made his NHL debut. The Canadians let him down. So we're just going to get that part out of the way real early. So he's not, so he's used to it by now. And I got to say, you can see the promise of better things there. It's just not quite there yet. Yes, exactly. Like we talked about this before. We talked about it when he, you know, in the training camp, we talked about it when he came back, like what our expectations would be. I think that when he is fully ready to be an NHLer, he's going to be a really great player. I thought that he made really good plays, especially a couple with Cole Caulfield. Uh, He made some really good plays. He didn't look too out of place because we thought he was going to look very out of place. You can tell he needs to to get used to it a little bit more. There's a little, like, I feel like there's a step he needs to take, but I can't identify specifically that step. But I think he looks, he still looks promising. And that to me is why he's on my up list. Uh, also on my up list is going to be Ryan Paling. He had two goals against the Predators, and he looks like he is a breath of fresh air on that fourth line. Even when he was playing with Belzeal and Pizzetta, or just, um, why can I not remember who else is on the fourth line with him right now? My mind is drawing a blank. I know It's because the fourth line was two people yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's why I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, was he with was he with uh, Armia, or was he with Lekinen? Like, I can't, my brain refuses to let me remember who it was. Regardless of who he's playing with, I do think that Ryan Paling has looked really good. He looked really good in Laval as well. And now he's showing that, yes, he can be an NHL player. He's doing the little things right. His goals are great. They're not 
They're not always the prettiest, but the two that he scored against UC Saros were huge. And I think the goal now should be is that you are running Suzuki, you are running Dvorak, you are running Evans, and you are running Paling as your four centers. The Cedric Paquette experiment is over. It was terrible. Adam Brooks is a Vegas Golden Knight. Just stop the nonsense. Give that job to Ryan Paling. He's earned it right now. If he slips up, then you look at it. But for right now, Ryan Paling is that fourth line center and potentially soon third line center is great. I think he's playing really well. He's playing great for the Rocket when he got called up. He had a couple of points and a couple of goals there. He has three goals since being called up. Where Where is the downside to uh, what he's doing right now? I know the team is, you know, I'm not saying actively tanking, but having good performances from him is a good thing for this season. If he takes a step forward, that's a huge win for the Habs in the future. Yeah, absolutely. He was also on my up list. Um, and I think the, you know, I feel like the question marks in center are valid because they lost somebody so elite at, at that two-way game. And, you know, we saw what happened. But I think right now, if you if you don't like if you don't try to shoehorn Mathieu Perrault into center when he comes back, which they tried to do a little bit, like if you keep him on a wing, um, and it, it's still going to be a while because I believe he had a second surgery on his eye, if I'm not mistaken, or a second procedure on his eye, so it's going to take some time for him to come back. Um, but you put him on a wing, right? Like he, he and and you don't play them too much. You you kind of you know you've got some options where you can rotate some players, especially on that bottom six. But the the middle right now looks so much more solid than it did when Philippe Deno signed elsewhere, and we had a lot of question marks. So I'm 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 okay with how it is right now. I think overall there are a lot of things in strategy and stuff that need to be uh, fixed, and their confidence and their aggressiveness and all of that. But I think this middle is okay if they leave Ryan Paling there. Now we know the Canadians and they don't do what we think they should do, but I thought that Ryan Paling, since he's been called up, has done a phenomenal job of keeping himself in the conversation and keeping himself an option and. It's exactly like you said. I hope that they don't send him back down. So, I, I, Laura, I'm curious to see if you can guess who my number one is going to be on the or on the up list this week. I have no idea, actually, because I feel like it's it's two different people. But you go on. You you go first. Well, it, it, the funny part is, is that I'm like, it, it's Cole Caulfield is on my list, but also Lauren Dauphin is on my list, but also Lucas Vedemo is on my list, but also, but also, but also, we didn't cover this uh, following... The, one of the games last week because the Toronto Marlies blew a 5-1 lead to the Laval Rocket, capped <laughs> off by Cole Caulfield streaking in down the wing at 4-on-4 four four and blasting a shot to make it 5-5, scored in the shootout. It was one of the wildest games I've seen because we've talked about the Rangers-Habs comeback years and years and years ago, which, God, that was over 10 years ago. It was almost, what, 15 years ago at this point? It's been a while. This. No. Yeah, it's it's not it's not great. Alex Kovalev was still ago. playing for the Canadians, so like I like I'm fairly certain it was 13 years ago, like 2007, eight ish, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> it was. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up here real quick. When oh, was no. this game? It was February 19th, 2008. So it was 13, almost 14 years ago that the Canadians <laughs> pulled off the comeback. In case anyone else wants to feel aged like I am. But for that game, uh, Kevin Poulin came in in relief of Michael McNiven. He shut the door. 
the Rocket pulled off a gutsy comeback. Caulfield was a huge part of that. Vedamo and Dauphin were a part of that. It's hard for me to give it to the entire Rocket team, but I think that forward core is part of it. And I'm going to shout out Matt Drake for this. Uh, call up Larry Dolphins at some point because he's earned an NHL shot on that fourth line somewhere. His only chance to play a few years ago was canceled due to COVID when the Habs were injured, which is unfortunate. You might as well see what he's got. We've talked about it with everything else in this season. See what you have in these players, then make decisions off of that. But uh, Caulfield, Dauphin, and Vedamo are going to split my uh, final three up spot. So mine is going to be a little bit controversial given how things are going right now. But I'm going to say Mark Bergevin. And again, this isn't to condone any of his actions, like the draft or anything like that. The team is in a pickle. It's not doing well. And the general manager and the coaching staff, I believe, are at fault. Uh, But he got COVID, but he still did media availability at a distance uh, when people were talking about the silence. Actually, people were talking about the silence of Jeff Molson, which I think is very fair. I think, uh, Scott, you alluded to it a couple of episodes ago. Um, they aren't facing the music, but Mark Bergevin did. Uh, he, he spoke to The Athletic. He spoke to TVA Spa, and I'm not sure if he did any other interviews other than that. Those were the two that I uh, read, watched, you know, followed. Uh, he spoke to the media even though he, you know, he's not feeling well uh, and it was time, you know, the, the Canadians are in, as in crisis as, uh, as the media has, is saying uh, personally, like to me, it's not really making that much of a difference in my life. It's obviously like we do a podcast, so we have to watch all these miserable games, but I don't, you know, it doesn't affect my life negatively if I'm not doing well as uh, other than the podcast, obviously, but you know, it is time for him to say that it is like, you know, sports are, are an entertainment. They are uh, accountable to the viewers and their fans and the people who are paying for tickets and merchandise and all that. And so, you know, I think with how badly they're doing, people want to hear from the coach. They want to hear from the general manager. They want to hear from the owner uh, or the president um, and, uh, or the CEO. I, I like, I don't know what the official title is. I feel like it's not president of hockey operations though, which is what it should be. Like they need a president of hockey operations either way. They need to be talking. The coach has no choice but to talk every night after the game and during the practice or after practices. The general manager spoke once, four or five games in, and now he's speaking again. Um, it's time to hear from Jeff Molson too. So, like, I'm giving uh, Bergevin my up simply because he is facing the music when the owner is not. And coming up next, we do have the three down. That is unfortunate. There's always a down segment right now we will get into that coming up next so if you've ever followed this show and i know most of you have we're almost 500 episodes in you know we love built bar and with thanksgiving american thanksgiving not that fake canadian one right around the corner i gotta tell you about hey. Bill bar <laughs> i gotta tell you about built bar right around the corner here it is perfect for that pre-dinner snack if you want to have something before you dive into that turkey all that cranberry sauce that stuffing anything or you can have them for dessert stick them in the fridge stick them in the fridge you got a nice cold chocolatey treat they are covered in real chocolate they are low calorie low carb low fat high in protein and guess what they're also great to give as a gift if you go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 you're going to get 15% off your next order and they have built bar black friday coming up so on black friday there's going to be a huge event 
with a ton of options and new things out there for you. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's built.com and LOCKED15. So we are back, and normally we try to end on a positive note, but the way we kind of structured this whole episode here, uh, three up came first, now it's time for the three down. And Laura, I'm going to launch right into my first little thing here because I know you have a big uh, grievance to air, and we will get to that one next. My first thing is we talked about Matthias Norlinder as one of the ups that we both agreed he played about as well as could be expected. But even in the game that the Canadians were winning 5 nothing against the Nashville Predators and they had power play time, Matthias Norlinder saw, I think, like 11 total minutes of ice time. It's a blowout game, and I know you're trying to get the win and everything, but you should be playing this kid and resting some of these guys who are getting the crap beat out of them. Petrie, Sherratt, David Savard played decently well, but why are you not going to play Matthias Norlinder more at that point? Give him the opportunity. The game's in the bag. No one's pushing in quite the same way that they were before. It's the perfect opportunity to kind of let him loose and be like, hey, you know, leash is off. Go do what you got to do. Show us what you got out there and just nothing. He was, not, I'm not saying stapled to the bench, but he wasn't trusted all that much. And for the Canadians coaching staff, what the hell are you thinking, guys? Like, just play the kid. The season's bad and you're winning 5 nothing. There's no reason to bench you know, your upcoming star, your upcoming prospect player for no reason. Like, just let him play, honestly. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. You need to afford players some freedom. You need to, you know, this is like, he's still developing. Obviously, you need to give him the confidence. And this is not a good way to give him confidence. Uh, I think he's done what's asked of him. And so I am fully in agreement with you with this one. Who's your second? Well, my second one is, and I feel bad doing this because I've been his biggest supporter this season. Right now, uh, Michael McNiven is on my down list because I, there was a stat that came out that since he spoke to the media and aired his frustrations about Caden Primo and everything else, he has like an 844 save percentage and a 4.6 goals against. Some of that's not his fault, but for a guy who was flying high before, since he kind of put the spotlight on himself, he hasn't exactly uh, shined very brightly in that regard. He was pulled in the game against Toronto that they came back and won. Poulin started the third. Poulin went and got the win. I think Michael McNiven is in a rough patch, but you can't throw out that, you know, I'm not being given the opportunities. And then when you're given the opportunities, do nothing with them. It's a... Uh, it's a tough look overall for him. And I do think he'll bounce back. He's a tough kid. I very much think he's capable of doing so. But right now it's it's a real bad look and the Rocket need him to be better because they're playing with a lighter lineup than they're used to with call-ups and injuries and other things right now. They need the Michael McNiven from last year back right now. Yes, or the first few games he played before he said anything. I, I think that's a really good one. I'm going to go with the penalty kill. I know we talk about that a lot here, but I just, I'm astounded as to how abysmal it is. And we thought it was bad last year. We literally, somebody talked to us about how to improve the Canadians penalty kill. And I remember uh, Scott compared it to a piece of crap that no, something that would be eaten. It was a tire fire eaten by a bear. And then the bear poops it out. 
and then you set it on fire and then you have to eat it again and then you set it on fire again i can't remember what your it was it was way more colorful than the, i can't do a scott impression but Either that way. was also about the Department of Player Safety because I remember that very because I had to share that with some of the new hosts at the Locked On Network here, and I went, "Yeah, I have such a way with words," and here we go. And that was the clip that I shared from our uh, from our North Division season. Yes, and so you know, I think the penalty kill was pretty bad last year. I didn't think that it could get worse, and it is. And unfortunately, it like. It's so bad that like you're not even lasting, you know, more than a minute without the the opponent scoring on you, and that's not good. And I understand that Matt Duchesne is is a player that, um, you know, he's really picking his spots. He had a hat trick last night for a reason. I totally get all of that, but the penalty kill has not been good from day one. It's very, very, very bad, and they need to do something about it. And it seems to be that last year when it got good in the playoffs, it's because they assigned a role to everybody and everybody was sure about what they needed to do this year. It really only looks like Jake Evans knows what to do. Like Jake Evans is the only one that I'm seeing make smart plays on that penalty kill. That's upsetting to me. So I think they need to fix that. Um, and so that's my other down for this week. I know why we've probably mentioned it down a couple of weeks, but uh, I was going to say in the interest of, of honesty, I was going to say Brendan Gallagher, but then against Nashville, he had a really good game. So I'm withholding that and it's the penalty kill all over again. And now I, I know, and I'm going to, I will join in on this as you kind of let this go. Laura, who is your third down for this week? Cause it's going outside the Canadians organization. I believe. I try to avoid this at all costs, but at this point, it's gotten a little bit ridiculous, and I want to just direct this to certain Leafs fans on the internet. So on on the Thursday game, the game that the Canadians lost 6 nothing to the Penguins, Cole Caulfield, it was his first game back after being sent down to Laval. Uh, and he had a really good shift that didn't result in a goal, but it was a really, really good shift. Now, Scott made a gif of that shift, and we were not the only ones to comment on it being a good one. You know, lots of fans, lots of media, specifically, you know, even beat reporters talked about it being an elite shift from Cole Caulfield. Uh, honorable mention to Norlinder. I believe he was instrumental in that shift too. If not, I'm not, I might be confusing it with another good Cole Caulfield shift. Either way. Scott made it, and then some of us quote tweeted it, retweeted it, whatever. We enjoyed the fact Cole Caulfield in his first game back had a good shift. A bunch of people started quote tweeting and replying to Scott and basically making it so that how could we possibly enjoy a Cole Caulfield shift that didn't result in a goal? Oh, he ended the game with a minus three. Oh, blah, 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 LOL, making fun. Now, you and I both know, freaking loser Leafs fans on the internet, that if he had gifted any other player other than Cole Caulfield, you would not even have batted an eye. I have seen Tic Tac Omar, who by all accounts is a nice guy, gift random plays that you fall all over yourselves to praise that also don't end up in goals that also end up in losing games just because some random guy wearing blue and white did a good thing look looking pretty on the ice and you celebrated that and we leave you alone 
you need to stop being obsessed with Cole Caulfield. You need to get over it was 3-1. And you need to stop being such freaking losers. I'm so sorry that I liked a shift by one of my favorite players on my favorite team that I watch when there's not a whole lot that's going so good in this season. Oh my God, I'm supposed to say that he's so awful and he's ruining my life just by playing a good shift on the ice. Is that what you want? Like literally just calm down. Stop being obsessed with Cole Caulfield. It is creepy. It is so creepy. It's so weird. And to like make fun of us for enjoying something, let people like things go away. You know what I really, really enjoyed? The fact that your stupid freaking Toronto Maple Leafs were on the brink of making it to the second round for the first time in a million years. And then Cole Caulfield, that very player, was instrumental in that 3-1 comeback. And he basically made all of you eat crow. Stop trying to say that he's never going to amount to anything. He is still in his rookie year. Stop it. Like, he's just like, oh, he's never going to amount to anything. Oh, he's going to suck. I'm sorry he's not. And just, just get over it. Just deal with it. He exists. He's good. He makes us happy. And, like, the fact that you can't just let us, like, put a, post a GIF, like, literally, like, all it is is, is a GIF of Cole Caulfield making some pretty plays that we wanted to see in a game that had absolutely nothing else going for it um and you think that it's something to make fun of which honestly like please go outside touch some grass get a life stop being obsessed with this child get over montreal like just we're having a bad season let us like mire in our in our misery and enjoy one thing once in a while just go away and that's the thing like you know we made tons of gifts yesterday or i didn't scott did yesterday of of penalties of of the scuffles none of them featured cole caulfield so of course you didn't have to quote and trash it it is so, very funny to me that i did this for the rocket comeback too and all the replies are about how he's an ahl player it is literally just focused on this child and it is very strange and weird to me like i it's beyond creepy that there's this creepy. obsession he is 20 years old is he? Is he 21 yet even? I don't think so. I don't know. He's it's a toddler. He's so a toddler forever. Creepy. He's a child and you're obsessed with him and you're obsessed with trying to be right that he's going to be a bad player. He was good enough to embarrass the shit out of your team last year. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to second everything Laura said because I basically muted my mentions for the last weekend because I got tired of dealing with it because Twitter's a noxious hellhole. Anyways, we are actually off on Monday, we will have an episode for you on Tuesday morning. We recorded it with the amazing Amanda Suzuki, and you're not going to want to miss it. It is phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. And we will be back afterwards for a new episode on Wednesday. Laura has a special guest as we head into American Thanksgiving, so I can spend the day with family and extended family. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. And when you're done listening to us, go check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.